Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. How you guys doing? Man, you guys sound excited, got more sleep and probably more caffeine. Hey, I'm so glad you're here today at Freedom Church. Thank you for coming out on this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Hey, if you are here and you are brand new, you couldn't have picked a better day to be here. And if you're back and not been here in a while, we're so glad you're back. And also, there's people that watch online from everywhere. You guys scream out, give them some love. Let them know you're here. All right. So. We have been in a series called No More Insanity, but before I jump into the third installment on that, I want to share something with you very, very important. Of course, we know two weeks from today is Super Bowl Sunday, but it's also a very special day for me because a friend of mine, Pastor Troy Gramling, is going to be here. Uh, How many of you have ever heard of Pastor Troy Gramling? Raise your hand real high, real high. Okay, some of you know him, he's been here before and he's shared, but the more so about Pastor Troy is, is that he has had a great influence on my life. We have been friends with he and his family for almost two decades. And also, not only that, he has had a great influence on what this church has become through being a friend, a mentor, an influencer, and and just all those kind of things in my life. And I'm very appreciative of him. He pastors a church down in South Florida in Fort Lauderdale that's a multi-site church. took over there about 20 years ago. It was about 2,000 then, and under his leadership and loving and reaching people to be able to come to know Christ, he runs about 14,000 now. And I was, I preached there the last, at the end of the last of this year, this past year, been there several times, and I'm just, we've worked out a time to get him to come here. He's excited about coming here two weeks from today. So I want to challenge you to be here, not only be here, I want to ask you to bring somebody that, that does not normally go to church or does not have a church family, or maybe just not a believer in Christ, because I, I think he has a way of speaking to people, and he has a great gift of communication in the Lord. He's anointed, and so he'd love to share that with you. So we know that that's Super Bowl Sunday. What time does the Super Bowl start usually? About 5 o'clock, right? Well, you're going to be out here before noon, so you got plenty of time for the Super Bowl, okay? All right, so just want to make sure you understand that. Also, hey, be sure you check out our merch area over here. Got a lot of great stuff going on over there, and uh, I got a sale going on over there. I know especially ladies like sales, you know, but anyway, be sure to check that out. But today, uh, as we move forward in this series, uh, I kicked it off two weeks ago today, and I talked about how that God has got the power. We looked at that from the perspective of Paul and how that we have that sin nature, and also we looked at how the, the man that was at the caves of the Jericho scenes was, had these demonic spirits. As a matter of fact, it says a legion of them. And then we looked at three forces at play. And forces at play was Satan, society, and the Savior. Well, when the Savior redeemed him and rescued him and was able to help him get away from that bondage. And so I challenge you to make the Lord the first day of every day. You have that relationship with the Savior and the first day of the week. And so now we move forward to last week. I talked about how to have the power to change spiritually. If you're going to change spiritually, if you're going to be able to grow in the Lord. You've got to live by design, not by default, because the Lord created you to become like His Son. So I talked about growing spiritually last week is to get involved in a church family, and then you can discover God's vision for your life. 
Well, today we're going to move forward in that, and we're going to talk about how we can have the power to change relationally, and we're going to move a little bit deeper into what it is and when we look at the church family and in relationships. Now, if you're here and you're brand new, we are so glad you are here, or maybe you missed a week. Be sure to download our app. Go to the app store and just type in Freedom Church Tennessee, and then download the app. You'll see our F, our logo F on there. That is where you're going to see my outline each week. We're going to print the bulletins one more week after this. Then everything is going to be on the app. All the events, all upcoming calendar things, my outline each week will be on the app. If you don't do the app thing, that's fine. You can pick up my message outline in a hard copy out at the info desk each week. No problem. And also, if you don't do that thing to keep up with the events, we'll announce a lot from the stage. But also, you can get a hard copy somewhere out there they're going to put out there of upcoming events of what's taking place. So be sure to do that. We're going green February 2nd. So Freedom Church exists to reach people to know God. How many of you have, have pretty well know that? Raise your hand. Say, I know that. I can tell somebody that. I am so thankful. So Because when it comes to our existence, we need to know that down, have that down path. Because you might be around somebody you work with and they're interested in your church or, or you mention church and they say, well, what's that church yours about? You say, we exist to reach people to know God. But then we have five values, what we call the high five values. Those are very simple. It's everyone reaching. And that, what that means is we want you, if you don't know Christ yet, we're hoping and praying you're going to keep reaching up till you connect with Christ and you know God through Jesus Christ. Then, as a Christian, we reach out horizontally to tell other people about Christ. Basically, it's like one beggar telling another beggar where to get a piece of bread. Then, the next high five value is everyone growing. We want you to grow and become mature in Christ. That's your, what we want to do. We've been helping you to do that. Been talking about that from the platform. The next thing we want you to do in our high five is everyone serving. Jesus didn't come to be served, but serve and give his life a ransom for many. We want you to use the talents, the gifts, and abilities that God has given you to, to be able to serve somebody else. The next one is everyone giving. When it comes to our resources and all those things that we have, those things belong to God. All of it does. He just says to bring those tithes and offerings back to God and be able to bless him through that. And we can never outgive God. The last one is everyone connecting, and that's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park there for a little while today because we're going to talk about and connecting how that we can have the power we need to really change relationally. So let me ask this question today. How many of you would say that relationships can be good, bad, and downright ugly? Raise your hand. I think we're all on the same page with that, and that's what can happen. Uh, this quote I'm going to share right now, I don't have anyone to give credit to, but I didn't coin it. But it says, show me your friends, and I will show you your future. And I think that's very true. And as we look and pick up with one particular verse that we used last week, I'm going to pick up with that verse here and start out today, Proverbs 13 and 20. It says, walk with the wise and become what? And it says, associate with fools. And get into what? Get into trouble. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you, when you got into trouble and you associated with some fools, let's just be honest, you got around some foolish people, right? How many of you know that it was rare, very rarely that you got in trouble by yourself? It's because you got around somebody foolish. Are you with me? You got around some foolish people and you ended up getting in trouble. That, I know that was me for sure. But when I think about this, whenever you come to Christ, you come to God, you have that relationship, and then all of a sudden you might have a decision. You're aspiring to do great things with God. But you don't really think about the friend circle that you still have. doesn't mean that you want to act like you're better than them, but you got to think about the influence they have on you. 
And that's what a lot of people don't think about. See, for most decisions in life, it's not the big dreams that you dream, but it is the small decisions you make each and every day that lines up the life that you're going to have. So today, I want to do a little artwork, and I don't know if we have an art teacher in here, but I will say to you, don't judge me. So, but I want to be able to help you to understand that when you think about three particular friend types, that's what we're going to look at. I'm going to draw some concentric circles here with that. And before I draw the concentric circles, I have two particular colors here I'm going to use. So, help me out here. Anybody want uh, Kansas City Chiefs red for me to draw with? If you do, just yell out. I don't, how many of you want me to use Titans blue? Yell out. Okay. Sorry, brother. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So anyway, anyway, so, all right, all right, let me, let me move forward here before I lose my thought process, okay? I've got a cheat sheet over here because I'm not a real good artist. But anyway, okay, here, here's where we go. Follow me on this. These three concentric circles is really how our friendships roll. Track with me on this, okay? The first one here, what I want to do is like, it's what you call intimacy. Intimacy. When you think about the intimate pers- people that's in your life, it is usually the three to four people that's closest to you. If you're married, this person, your, your spouse would be in this circle. These are the people right here that you share their convictions. They share your convictions. These people that you do life here is what's going to bring you about in your future and who you're going to be because these are the ones that you do life with closely. Then the next circle is this. This is a circle right here, what we would call influence. Okay? This is a larger circle of people. Now, understand when you think about these people here and the larger circle of influence, you influence them, they influence you. These are the people right here that you want the best from them, they want the best for you. Now, when you think about the influencing about them, it is at a lower level in the influence than what it would be in the intimacy circle. Are you tracking with me what I'm saying? And when you think about these people that's in this influence circle here, you're shaping, they basically will help shape you, you help shape them. You follow me on that? But a larger group of people. Now, the next circle is a circle of what we would call the circle of care. Now, this is probably your largest group. This group right here is made up of Christians and non-Christians. This group right here, you want the best for them. They want the best for you. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to speak intimately into your life. But these are people that sometimes you may even sacrifice for somebody in this group of people. Do you follow what I'm saying here? But let me say this. The mistake that Christians make is not that you have too many non-Christian friends. The mistake that Christians make is that you allow too many people in the care and influence circles of life into the intimate circle of your life. And it takes you in a direction that God never meant for you to go because you're not paying attention to the influence of what they're doing in your life or even the care that they're not giving you in your life. So kind of like this, and, and I'm going to go a direction here in this. 
understand that Christians make a major mistake in, when it comes to eros, eros love, okay? I want to go here just for a minute. I don't know who it's for, but listen to me closely. Christians make a mistake in dating. And what they do, they allow somebody out here that might be a non-Christian, and they start dating a non-Christian, and you're a Christian. And I'm wanting to, I just want to shake you and say, do you realize what you're doing to your future? Because you were never meant to date a non-Christian. It's unbiblical. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul lays it out very clearly, and take that right there and look at it and read it. It will tell you that. Let me say this. If you're married and you're a Christian and you're married to a non-Christian, let me say this. That does not mean you throw them out. It means that you stay true to them and you pray like crazy for them that they come to Jesus. But when it comes to you dating a non-Christian, you're thinking, well, I, oh, I just love him. He is, you just would have to meet him. Oh, he is so wonderful. I just know he's going to become a Christian. He is so loving. He's so handsome. And my friend, my friend, she started dating a guy that wasn't a Christian, and he became a Christian. And all of a sudden, they've got this great life together, 2.3 children, a picket fence, a BMW, living in a fashionable neighborhood, and lived happily ever after. Let me say this to you. If you start doing apart from what God's Word says, and then you come to Him in prayer because you decided to do it your way and asking God to fix this mess you got yourself in, you know what that's called? Mocking. And God will not be, He will not be mocked. So, whoever that's for, I hope you'll take it to heart. I hope you'll take it clear to your heart. Now, when it comes to relationships, and we think about everyone connecting, we believe that you can't do life alone, so we do life and learn to do life together. When it comes to friends, you meet all kinds of friends, okay, but you deepen relationships by choice. Follow me, follow me on this. You, you deepen them by the choice that you make with those people. So, let's take a look at Ephesians chapter, five, uh, chapter 1 and verse 5. And what Paul said to the, to the Ephesians here, which is applicable to us, this is God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. What he's saying here is God wanted a family, and that's why we are here together. The Bible in its entirety, when we read it, is a story of God building his family. The family of God that will outlast this world. It is an eternal family. You and I are going to last forever. Look at the person next to you and say, you're going to last forever. Some of you might have thought, Daddy, what you said, you might have took me out last, this week. You know, but we're created to not only know God, we're created to love God. And we're created to love other Christian brothers and sisters in our lives. And see, when you think about our earthly family, our earthly family eventually is going to go away. It's going to eventually fall apart. But a spiritual family lasts absolutely forever. And God wants me and he wants you to learn to be able to love each other. You say, why is that? Because it makes you like God. How many of you want to be like God? Raise your hand. I think everybody does, or you wouldn't be here today. You want to be like God. So another reason he wants you to learn to love other people is the simple fact that God wants his children to get along. How many of you here are parents? Raise your hand. How many of you, it's heartbreaking whenever you see your kids squabbling with each other, not getting along? It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It hurts, doesn't it? 
And, and that's like God. God is like that. But also it's practice for eternity. Uh, fellowship is simply loving each other. That's what it is. Uh, fellowship is not some casual conversation. Fellowship is not a potluck dinner at the church. Fellowship is you loving each other. It's like two fellows in a ship rowing in the same direction, going toward God, where God wants to take you in your life. The church is a family. It's not a building. It's not an institution. And it's not a club. It's a family. Now, people say, well, I'm going to go to church. Well, no, that's really, I understand what people say when they say those kind of things, but it's not a place to go. The church is a family that you and I are to belong to. You and I were not meant to do life alone. You and I were not meant to live this life in a solo act. We are to love each other because we need each other. Look at the person next to you and say, I need you. Now look back to them and say, I need you too. We do. We need each other. It's so important that we understand that we need each other in this life. So I want to share four things with you that's so important about connecting in righteous relationships. And you're thinking, what do you mean righteous relationships? When you think about righteousness, righteousness really means right relationships. Righteousness means that you have a right relationship with God and that you have a right relationship with your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. So today, when we think about that, the Scripture calls us to live in right relationships with God and each other. So the first thing I want to point out to you in that choosing to belong is membership. You say, what do you mean by that? It's making a choice that you belong at this church or the church of your choosing, that you belong in the church. When you take on that role of a membership, then you're taking on ownership, and you take ownership of your family. You find a church of your choosing, and then you get connected. Ephesians 2 and 19, the Living Bible, listen to this. Now, you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. See, the Christian life isn't just about you and I believing, but it is a matter of us belonging. God wants you to be able to make a choice to be able to be part of a family. Some Christians, they'll say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't belong to any church. <laughs> you ever heard anybody say that? I have. I say, well, I don't belong to any church. Churches, all they want is money. No, we want you. That's what we want. Well, I don't want to join no churches full of hypocrites. Come on, join. One more won't make no difference. <laughs> right? Okay. You say, well, I, I don't understand the churches. It's the only day I have off, and I got drug here today. It's the only day I have off each week. Listen, what better thing can you do than come and give God praise that you got life and you got health and he gave you a day off and you've got a job? Is that right? We say, well, I would go to church, but I don't have the right clothes to wear. Listen, just wear clothes. If you don't have some on, we'll let you know that. Okay. Reminds me of a, this Methodist preacher in town. He was trying to get this guy to go to church, and, and he kept inviting this guy, and he kept inviting this guy. And finally, the guy leveled with him, and he said this. He said, preacher, he said, I, I just don't have the proper clothes to wear. So the preacher got one of the members of the congregation and took him to the clothing store and got him a nice suit, nice shirt, nice tie, nice shoes. And the next Sunday, he didn't even show up again. So he goes to see the guy and says, hey, 
you know, you, you leveled with me, told me you didn't have the proper clothes, and we got you the suit and the shirt and the tie and the shoes, and you didn't show up. He said, oh, I'm sorry, preacher. He said, I got up and I put on them clothes like that, and I got that towel done. I looked in the mirror, and I said, man, I look so good. I'm, and I went to the first Baptist church. Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh. See, church is where you live out what it means to be a Christian. That's what church is about. You're living it out, what you believe in your faith. See, a Christian without a church family is an orphan. You're an orphan. Look what the Word says in Romans 12 and 5. It says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each, uh, each member belongs to all the others. See, the word member is an original Christian word. Jesus calls the church a body. And it'd be like this. What if I said, I love you, but I can't stand your body? Or I said, I love you, but I can't stand your wife, you know? Ugh. You know, that's the way a lot of people think when it comes to the local church. Understand that the church is the body of Christ, and Jesus loved the church. He came for the church. He died for the church. And one day, he's coming back for the church. And you better make a decision. You're going to be part of the church, right? Are you with me, church? Right? Are you with me? Glory be to his name. So, we need each other, and we need to have the same kind of love by choosing to belong to a church family. It's so important. So here's something I want to challenge you. I even got one of these cards. You see them in front of your seat there? Because I'm going to hit pretty well every next step on this card today, okay? So what I want to ask you to consider doing on Sunday, two weeks from today, it's, it, it, they'll tell you the information. It's during the time that you come here. I'd like to challenge you to sign up for a growth class. We have four growth classes that we have. The first one is just about who we are as a church and, and for newcomers. Sign up for that. It's called 101. Just mark the card here. Put 101 in there. Someone will call you. They'll answer any questions you got. But I want to challenge you to do that because we want you to know that we love you and we have a place for you in the body of Christ here at Freedom Church. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. 12 and 13 says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Now, when it comes to baptism, baptism is God's picture of you and I belonging to the body of Christ. Let me ask this question. How many of you here are like me? Whenever I get to witness a baptism on stage and the beauty of that, how many of you love that, seeing change lives? Isn't that incredible when we get to see people that come alive and, uh, and have that beautiful Shekinah glory and uh, glowing off their face and how that they went public with their baptism? That's because when we do that, that's showing that according to this verse that we belong to each other. We do life to each other with each other other. We help each other. We love each other. We depend on each other. We care for each other. Maybe you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, but you've never given your life to the body of Christ through baptism. It's a public way of saying, I am part of a group of believers. I'm excited to belong to a group of believers. Baptism is saying that we died to something and we came alive in something. It's saying that we died to the old way of life. I'm coming out alive in a new way of life. That's what baptism is saying. Now, it's like this. Let me try to illustrate for you. I've got my wedding ring on here, and if I take my wedding ring off, now I'm not married. That means I get to go catting tonight, right? No, that means I'm going to die tonight at the hands of my wife. But my point is, is that this wedding ring here simply is an outward symbol 
of the inward salvation that I received in Jesus Christ when I gave my heart to him and he forgave me of my sins and I was born again. Now, same thing it is for my marriage. This is an outward symbol of the inward commitment that I made to Shanda on September 16th, 1989 at 6.30 o'clock in the evening that I would give my heart to her. This is the outward symbol of that just like baptism is the outward symbol of the inward commitment you make to Jesus Christ when you come to Him. Another way that I will illustrate it would be like this. like this. You see the jersey that I have on, and we got all kinds of different people in here that pull for different teams. I get that. But here's what I want to point out to you. Today at 2.05, I'm going to be praying that the Titans are going to absolutely crush the Chiefs. So, <laughs> but here's the point I'm making. I love my brothers, and I love cutting up with them. But here's where I'm going. Y'all think about this. When we give our hearts to Jesus, that's between us and Jesus. But man, when we go public, it's almost like whatever team you pull for, you're putting on the God jersey. And you're showing the world, this is who I pull for in life. I pull for Jesus Christ. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's my King. He's my Redeemer. He's my horn of salvation. He is my King of kings and my Lord of lords. And He's my everywhere at one time Almighty God who takes care of my life every day of my life. I, nobody has any problem when you go public with baptism knowing who you're pulling for, right? That's what's really cool. So I want to say to you that's here today, and I want you to look at the connection card once again on a My Next Step today is, if you've never been baptized, you've given your heart to Christ, you've been born again, you know your name is in His book, you've made reservations, but you've never went public to show who you're pulling for and pulling and putting on what my friend Pastor Troy calls the God jersey, I want to challenge you to write this, let me mark this. We'll call you, we'll talk to you, we'll answer your questions. But let me say this to you. If you say, let me pray about it, it's not something to pray about it. If you're praying about it, you're praying about it and you're still in disobedience. Because it's not the great suggestion, it's the great commandment. And in for order for you to grow in Christ and become everything He created you to be, your next step beyond giving your heart to Christ is to be baptized by immersion, baptizo, dipping under, that you come, go down and say, this is the old person, I'm coming alive, and you're letting the world know about it. I challenge you to sign up for that, drop it in the offering at the end of our time together. Now, I spent the most time on the first one there about choosing to belong. The second thing is when it comes to connecting to righteous relationship is learning to share is free. Friendship. See, we're created in God's image, and, and you were made for relationships. Everybody here was. Look at Acts the, of the Apostles here in chapter 2, verse 44. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Everybody say everything. They shared everything they had. See, you can't develop friendships without meeting together and sharing together. And here's what I will say. You know why people are lonely? in this life is because they do not make time for friendships. 
They just don't do it. They say, I just don't have time for it. I'm I'm busy. I'm just too busy to be able to do that. And until you make it a priority that you make and you develop and you work on relationships, you are always going to fill that void in your life. You need to be able to share your experiences in life. And you say, what do you mean by that? You share your experiences because it's wise that we learn from each other. You say, really? I never thought of that. Because I don't have the time and you don't have the time to make all the mistakes by ourselves. We need to talk to some other people and, and see what they go through because life is a trial at times and life is full of errors. And none of us wants to make all the mistakes by ourselves. We're all ignorant in something. Tell the person next to you, you're ignorant. Now look back the other way and say, you're ignorant too. See, it sounds like you're saying something bad to somebody, but it's not. When you're saying someone's ignorant, it just simply means they don't know something. I know things that you don't know. You know things that I don't know. And when we do life together through those experiences, we have the opportunity to learn from each other because when it comes to life, that makes a difference in those relationships. And some of you are thinking, you don't know who I live with. They think they know it all. Well, that's a counseling appointment. I don't have time to deal with that today. But here's what I want you to imagine. Imagine the wealth of knowledge and information assembled in this auditorium and in this church family right here, right now. And just think about how much that we could learn from each other if we simply just spent time with each other. So you can share in your experiences. Also, you can share our homes together. That's something that's important. First Peter 4, 9 says, cheerfully, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. It doesn't say here that your home has got to be nice, big, or new. It doesn't say that. Nothing there. When you say, well, why does God want us to share our homes cheerfully? Because you can't fellowship in a crowd. You can only fellowship in a small group one-on-one. See, we can worship here. We can celebrate here. We can learn here. But we really can't fellowship here with this many people in the church. Fellowship takes place in connection groups. You know what? When it comes to community, you know why community doesn't take place with neighbors a lot of times and among them? Because we don't intentionally, cheerfully open up our homes to any of our neighbors and invite them in. Did you know the first 300 years of Christianity, there were no church buildings to go to. They met in homes. And did you know those first 300 years was the most exponential growth of the church ever and has been since? So, with that being said, this is why I tell you to get into a connection group because, number one, it's biblical to get into a connection group. We learn to share not in a big group, but in a small group. So, you can not only share your experiences and share your homes, but you share your problems. Oh, you're going too far now, preacher. I don't want to go share my problems. Let me say this to you according to what the Word here says. It says in Galatians 6 and 2, listen to what Paul said here. He said, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. See, we're not meant to share problems alone. It is a weight that you are not capable of bearing in those burdens. When you share joy, it's double. But when you share problem with somebody else, it's cut in half because you've got somebody that's praying for you, that's there for you. And you think, well, Pastor, I've tried those group things, and, and I just didn't feel like I fit in. So you say, well, what do you do? I mean, you just you try another group. You just don't give up on groups. And so I want to challenge you here once again. Take this card right here and, t- and check this out right here. It's very simple. See this? There's all kinds of groups to sign up for here. And just take one, and you think, well, I'm nervous about it. Listen, hey, that's all right. 
you know, it's, it's, it's me nervous, but if you sign up for it, they're going to give you a call. They're going to talk to you, tell you the, the ins and outs about that. And if you go to one and it's not the group for you, then try another one. Just talk to us. We'll help you. And let me say this. If you're even nervous about going to someone's home, hey, I'm starting a leader, spiritual leadership class in here on Wednesday night, February 5th. If you're a leader in your business, you lead your company, you're a supervisor, or you're a professional mom, it leads your home, whatever it may be. I want to challenge you, if you lead in any way and you need help, sign up for that. Just sign up on there and put it in. Say, I want to be a part of that. We'll get you in there. But we want to get you connected with other people in the body of Christ because it's important that we share our experiences. We share our homes. We share our problems and lighten the load of how that we do life together. Okay? So the third thing is when it comes to connecting in righteous relationship is doing my part, which is partnership. Do you realize that the family of God needs you? Yeah, it does. Look at the person next to you and say, the family needs you. It does. The family needs you. And you say, well, why is that? Well, let's take a look at the Word here and we'll, we'll figure it out. But God didn't bring you here to Freedom Church to sit and soak in a spiritual spa. That's not why you're here. God brought you to serve and brought you to make a difference here in the family of God. And all families split up chores, I will tell you that. How many of you here, when you have kids at home, you split up a chores, Right? Yeah, we did that. It didn't always work perfectly, but that's what we did was split up the chores in our home. So that's what we do in the family of God. We are partners in ministries. We are team players. And what we're investing in, in time and talents, is what we're doing in that. It is making a difference now and forever. So how do you fit in a team? How do you fit in a family? How do you find your niche? Well, it's real simple. Once again, take the card out here and mark on here. It says, I want to serve. And when you mark that and say, I want to serve, we'll follow up with you. We'll talk to you about where it best fits for you to serve. It may be on Sunday. It may be through the middle of the week. But we want you to be able to share what God has given you. And you say, well, what has God given me? Here's what I will tell you. Look at Ephesians 4 and 16. He makes the whole body fit together. What's that word? Perfectly. As each part does its own. Say those next two words. You do your special work, Okay. It said it helps the other parts, what? Grow, okay? So that the whole body is healthy and doing what? Growing and full of love. So it's talking about each part here in this thing. Each part. Now, I want you to say each part. Now say my part. My part. Don't let everybody else do the work in the family of God, just like you're going to not let everybody else do all the work in your home. You split up the chores. And so we'll get more done together than we ever will by ourselves. I hope you understand that today. It's so, so vitally important. How many of you here are familiar with the life of Mother Teresa, the late Mother Teresa? Raise your hand or ever heard of her. She uh, served the poorest of the poor in India. And she was asked one time, says, how do you handle all the death and disease on a daily basis? She was asked, how do you do the tough things you do when it comes to serving? And she said, and I quote, she said, every person I bathe Every person I bandage, I imagine seeing the face of Jesus, and I do it for him. The attitude is everything. Somebody this week, you need to look for a need in somebody's life. 
You need to look for someone that may be crying and you can dry their tear and encourage them. You might see someone this week and you notice that they're not smiling and you look at them and you say, hey, what's wrong? Or you see somebody this week is burdened down and they need you just to simply lift their load and God uses you to be able to do that. Maybe there's somebody this week that they need community like we have here at Freedom Church and you just simply need to invite them. But really it's inviting people to who needs Jesus. If those people in your life and you were the only Jesus that they could find, would they find Jesus through your life? Would they find Jesus through your life? So the last thing I'll share with you is this another way of connecting in righteous relationships and that's loving believers like family is kinship that's what it is we're kin to one another and we've got royal blood flowing through our veins through jesus christ our king kinship literally means our closest relationships that's what it's talking about we're not just like a family we are a family being committed to each other in our lives as we are committed to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Look at Romans 12 and 10. Listen to what Paul says here. Love each other with genuine affection. Love each other with genuine affection. See, it's so sad that we come in and we try to fake everybody out. But you can fake some people out some of the time, but you're not going to fake everybody out all the time. And you're especially not going to fake Jesus out. We need to love each other with genuine love. Look at 1 John 3.16. This might not be a real familiar verse to you like John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We're talking about 1 John 3.16. Listen to what it says. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Did you know that this verse literally means they were laying down their lives for each other? That is the deepest fellowship Kononia from the Greek that it could ever be connecting with others is sacrificing for others. How do we get to this deepest relationship? How do we get to this deepest fellowship? How do we get to this deepest intimacy? By standing with other believers when life hits them square in the face. By standing with other believers when they're going through a crisis unlike they ever imagined. I want to say thank God. My little baby grandson Arden came home last night and he's healthy as a horse. Praise God for that. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. You stood by my family and I want to thank you in your prayers and your care. But understand that comes to standing by people we're walking in when everybody else is walking out you know talking about friends that are 2 a.m. friends that you can call them at 2 a.m. they get up and come running because they love you 
That's what I call a 2 a.m. friend. See, loving God and loving each other is what life's all about. It's not about accomplishments. It's about our relationships. So when it comes down to life, I mean, really, let life, let the rubbers hit the road as the saying goes. What really matters? It's loving God in a relationship with Him. That's our worship. And it's loving other people. That's our fellowship. And that's what really matters. Everyone connecting to God through Jesus Christ and connecting to each other. And there is someone, no doubt, who needs God's love in your life right now. How many of you know somebody needs God's love in your life? Raise your hand. Yeah, I think we all know someone. This past Friday, my wife and I, we went to McMinnville, Tennessee, and and um, I was going down to get a, a disc to go behind my four-wheeler and to do some stuff with it, food plots, different things like that. And, you know, it's a pretty good ways to go, but uh, when I get there, I realized it wasn't just about buying this little disc that I was buying. I get there, and this gentleman, John Redmond was his name, he told me, he said, I'm selling this stuff, and he said, I just sold my four-wheeler a couple hours ago. He said, I have no desire to hunt or do anything anymore. I said, why? He said, two winters ago, he said, I lost my 27-year-old son. And we used to hunt and fish together all the time, and I've lost all desire. He walks He walked me over to his pickup truck, and he had a picture of his son on the back there and had a scripture verse there. He said, my son preached his first two messages out of the book of James, and then he contracted influenza A on a Thursday, and on Saturday morning he was dead. He has three little girls. He kept... As he cried, you know me, I can't help it, that's who I am. He said, I just don't understand why. So I just told him we have to claim Romans 8 and 28, that everything's going to work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose and love the Lord. That's just what it's about. So I, I prayed with him there, and Shannon and I, I prayed with him, and Hannah prayed for this brother. But there's people like that here today that's hurting. There's people out there like that that's hurting every day. And sometimes we may be the only Jesus that someone sees. So it's so vital that you be connected in righteous relationships with God so you live right with God and you be connected in the body of Christ to live in right relationships with each other because you're going to come in contact with a lot of people who need care. You're going to come into a lot of people that's going to need influence and there's going to be a relationship starts in the intimacy so you can work out from there. Look what it says in John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. See, I don't want Freedom Church to be known for its size. I don't want Freedom Church to be known for the sermons or the singing or the strategy. I want Freedom Church to be known for its love for God. 
and love for people. And if we can do that, we can change the world, church. I believe that with all my heart. If you want the best year ever, if you will take what we've talked about over these weeks up to this point, I'm telling you, you can have it. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.